Chapter 3 of The Chinese Kitten. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by JKD76. The Chinese Kitten by Edna Adelaide Brown. Chapter 3. About Arcturus. Lucy and Dora thought it was great fun to go to bed in the tent. They were even willing to undress at their usual hour and not tease to be out on the moonlit beach. The only place to put their clothes was over the rope Uncle Dan had stretched between the poles. They hung them there, and the clothes immediately slid into a heap in the middle of the rope. Dora could not make her stay neatly at one end. Olive did not go to bed with the children. She and Uncle Dan took the trolley car which ran along the road behind the shack and went to another beach where there was a Saturday night dance. Lucy and Dora did not mind. The window of the room where father and mother were to sleep was close at the end of the tent. After mother had tucked them into their cots, Lucy went quickly to sleep, but Dora lay with eyes wide open. Because of the moon, the tent was bright, and through its open flaps she could see the waves breaking lazily on the shore and hear the surge of the water. Across from the moon came a path of light. For quite a long time, Dora watched the sparkles, and then suddenly she began to think about bears. Not tiny silver bears like Arcturus, but real ones full-sized and covered with hair. This was not a pleasant thought. Dora knew there were no bears anywhere near White Beach. Still, it seemed possible that one might walk into that open tent, and then she had a rustle outside. Dora gave a little gasp. At first she thought she would call Mother, but she remembered that she had wanted to sleep in the tent and that doing so was a part of camping. To be sure, she had not expected that Lucy would be asleep when she wasn't. After that first gasp, Dora decided not to scream. She lay still and listened hard. In a minute, a cricket began to chirp. When she heard the cricket, Dora felt much better. It surely would not be chirping if a bear were walking around the tent. It would not dare to make any noise. But she thought it would be comforting to have Arcturus for a bedfellow. The suitcase was under Lucy's cot, so Dora got up and pulled it into the moonlight. Without any trouble, she found the silver bear on his slender chain and snapped it about her neck. Then she went back to bed and did not think any longer about real bears. Instead, she thought of fairies and of a poem she had once read in a library book. She tried hard to remember how it went. When the moon shines bright on the pebbly beach, and the sea is half asleep, heaving, heaving evermore, and the surf falls lazily along the shore, and the whispering ripples creep, then the wet little fairies come out of the waves and dance in the light of the moon, with gossamer dresses of white sea foam, brown seaweed sash and coral comb, and spotted shells for shoon. While Dora was thinking about the poetry, she watched the edge of the sea and thought she saw one fairy creep out and shake the spray from its wings. She wasn't quite sure, for it might have been a sandpiper. When Olive came in softly, about midnight, Dora was as sound asleep as Lucy. Next morning, the sun touched Dora's cot rather than either of the others, just as the moon had done. When she opened her eyes, the sun was just above the horizon, its lower rim not clear from the water. Never before had she seen it so tremendous. It looked a perfect elephant of a sun. A soft little breeze came into the tent, blowing straight from sea. Sandpipers really were running along the edge of the foam, and the beach was washed hard and smooth. Not a trace was left of Dora's house except a huddle of the Hadri pebbles. Every footmark was gone. A perfectly new and fresh playground lay before them. Just then Lucy woke, and she and Dora looked at the sunrise sky and talked in whispers because Olive was still asleep. Her hand was tucked under one cheek, and a long braid of hair lay across her pillow. They decided to get up and dress very quietly. It was easy to be quiet, because the sand underfoot muffled every step, 
uneasy to be quick because they had very few clothes to put on. Just as they were dressed, Lucy stopped short. Oh my, she said in a whisper and stood on one foot. Twisted around her bare toes was a silver chain. Dora looked at it, then she put her hand to her neck. Arcturus and his leash was gone. That was her silver chain tingled in Lucy's toes, but where was the bear? She gave a frightened sob which woke Olive. Olive sat up in her cot and looked from one to the other. What's the matter? she asked. Between sobs, Dora explained that she had felt lonely after Lucy went to sleep and had taken Arcturus in bed with her. When she woke, she never thought of him. There was the chain, but where was Arcturus? Olive got up at once. She put on her kimono and slippers. Then she took the top blanket from her bed and spread it carefully on the sand. Next, she took Dora's blankets and shook them carefully over hers. If Arcturus were hiding in the bed, he must come out, but he did not. Olive shook Dora's pillow and her mattress and her nightdress and felt the pockets of her dress and looked in the suitcase. She emptied the suitcase and shook every garment. Trying not to cry, Dora watched Olive and Lucy helped her. But Arcturus was not anywhere. I'm afraid he is in the sand, said Olive. Show me just where you have walked since you got up. I have been right by my cot except when I wash myself, choked Dora. Olive felt all about in the sand by Dora's bed and sifted it through her fingers. Then she sat back against the cot, for she really did not know what else to do. She was very sorry for Dora, and Dora knew it. She crept into Olive's arms and cried softly so as not to wake the people in the shack. Arcturus had certainly went away, but after her cry, Dora felt better. Lucy and Olive both were hugging her tightly, and though it was hard to lose her dear bear, she still had those who loved her. Perhaps we shall find him yet, said Olive. Let's think so, Dora, and don't let it spoil your nice time at the beach. Perhaps Dan will know something more to do. Perhaps Arcturus has just gone to be a sand bear for a little while. At this, Dora smiled through her tears. She kissed Olive. Of course, it would not be right to spoil things by being sad, and she would hope for the best. There might be a worse fate for Arcturus than being a jolly little sand bear. So they all got up from the rag rugs, and Lucy picked up Olive's pretty rose trim hat, which had slipped from the nail where she tried to hang it. I might put that under my cot, Lucy, said Olive. It won't stick on that nail, and I don't believe I shall wear it here. I like my ribbon one better for the beach. Lucy tucked the hat under Olive's bed, and then she and Dora went down on the shore. Olive said that she knew it would be hard for Dora to speak about Arcturus, so she would do it for her. She asked the others not to say very much about him, only to look for him everywhere they went. This made it easier for Dora to come to breakfast. She could even smile when they all called her Theodora. Usually, only Mother remembered that on Sundays she wished to have her whole name used. This morning, even Uncle Dan thought about it. The tide was going out, and away to the right were some shining mud flats. Uncle Dan and Olive said that they were going to dig clams, and Lucy and Dora went with them to pick up the clams after they were dug. There was only one clam fork, but Mr. Merrill found an old spade which he thought he could use. They all put on their bathing suits. When Dora reached the clam flat, she did not like it very well. She had not known that clams chose to live in such queer mud. It seemed much dirtier than ordinary wet earth. And after Dora and Lucy had sunk into it far above their ankles, they told Olive that they would let her pick up the clams. If she needed help, she might call, and they would come, but it did not look as though three people would be needed to collect clams for Father and Uncle Dan. Olive thought she could manage all the clams, so Lucy and Dora went back to the hard beach and made some more houses. Lucy's had a great many large rooms and long halls with plenty of windows. Dora made a small one, which was just like the brown cottage she lived in on Main Street. Father and Uncle Dan heard what all of them the children were saying about the clams, and so they dug very hard and very fast. The clams were not so many that Olive needed help to pick them up, but there were plenty for a chowder and for steaming, which was much more than either she or Mrs. Merrill had expected. 
They decided to have the steam clams for dinner and to make the chowder for supper. When the clams were dug, Mr. Merrill carried the basket home, and Lucy and Dora saw Uncle Dan and Olive coming up the beach. Olive was carrying a heavy shovel, and Uncle Dan had a queer-looking thing over his shoulder. Even when he came up to the shack, the children did not know what the thing could be. It was a large oblong frame of wood, with a wire screen bottom, and was tilted up on one end. We are going to look for Arcturus, said Olive, as Uncle Dan dumped the frame beside the tent. Some men have been getting gravel from the ridge and using this. We have borrowed it for a little while. Neither Lucy nor Dora could guess how this frame was to help find the silver bear. Uncle Dan and Olive took out of the tent the three cots and the single chair. Olive shook each rag rug carefully. Then Uncle Dan carried the frame into the tent. He set it up and lifted a shovel full of sand and threw it against the screen bottom. All the sand went straight through, but the pebbles, even some smaller than Arcturus, fell back in a pile. It would not be possible for Arcturus to go through that wire screening. Uncle Dan took every single bit of loose sand from the space covered by the tent and threw it against the screen. Olive and Lucy and Dora watched the pebbles which fell back. Arcturus could not escape three pairs of eyes. But finally there was no more loose sand, only a kind of stiff dry clay, and no Arcturus. Dora tried hard not to cry, but she felt much grieved. It did not seem possible that the bear could evade a search like that. She managed to thank Uncle Dan, who was as sorry as Olive that it had been of no use. They smoothed the sand floor, and Uncle Dan returned the screen and the shovel. No, there was nothing left but to think of Arcturus as being a sand bear now, enjoying himself by the sea. Then they went swimming, and how Uncle Dan and Father Merrill did laugh at Olive. Olive said that it was Sunday morning, and that she usually went to church instead of into the ocean. She should take with her a cake of salt water soap and call it a bath. She wasn't sure it was quite right to go swimming just for fun. She should feel more comfortable about it if she took the soap. Mrs. Merrill did not laugh at Olive. She said that she was glad that Olive liked to keep Sunday different from other days. End of chapter 3. Recording by JKD76.